I think co-ownership for a home is like the best way to get into property. That's just my personal opinion. It just makes sense. If you have someone that you trust and you're keen to buy a home with, it just makes sense because it's a lot easier to manage. Yeah, the costs and everything. I know so many people that are really struggling now that they've bought a home and with every, obviously just life, everything's just going up. Actually hard for them to manage their mortgage now. So it's gotten to a point where like they're looking at just selling the home or something like that. Welcome to Slice, property made possible. We're a platform on a mission to reduce barriers to home ownership. This podcast is a safe space for our community to learn together and build the confidence required to start on their property journey. When you're ready to start, head along to slicedubai.com and sign up for your free dashboard. Welcome back to another episode of Slice. We've got Dee Young joining us today. Thank you, Dee. Thanks for having me on today. So excited. (laughs) So we actually came across some of your socials and that's how we decided to pull you in because you're 24 and have recently purchased your first home Yep. and are now looking at purchasing again. Yes. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about how that first home journey was for you? I was 20 years old when we first started looking. Firstly, I co-own a home with my two older brothers. But yeah, we kind of just started looking. My dad mentioned, oh, you know what? You guys should buy a home. But it was only towards my brothers. Yeah. And then... Really? So it was sort yeah. of, you were an afterthought? Yeah, I was an afterthought. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like just, whatever his head. I am like a lot younger than them. So yeah. he kind of didn't really take into thought that I could be helping be a part towards of it, yeah. yeah that was all good though and then I kind of was just like hold on a second like I'm really keen and interested in getting on buying my first home too so me and my brothers decided to start looking at open homes and then yeah that's how we kind of got into it awesome and where did you start looking we first so we live and grew up in Takadini mm-hmm. we first started looking out in Papakura Cool. So that was like our first area. Were you looking at sort of new builds or existing? Because there's a lot of new builds now kind of popping up around there. Existing. Existing. Yeah, yeah. not new builds. Did you have an understanding of what you guys might be able to afford together before you're starting looking? Or you just started by looking and then sort of went to, to understand your finances and what you could afford? Oh, yeah. So we actually kind of all talked together about how much that we we're going to be able to put in. Mm-hmm. My brothers had like a lot larger of an amount to put in whereas I had a bit yeah yeah, just being older they had more work time to save and all of that and then we kind of just discussed what we could put in and then started looking yeah we had to get the whole pre-approval yeah pre-approval and stuff and you did that like it was always the three of you kind of that went through that financial conversation. It wasn't sort of an individual process nah, yeah. or anything. It was all three of us. Cool. Yeah. So it's quite interesting where some people, they end up co-owning because they sort of start on that process by themselves and they realise actually it is a bit challenging because yeah. you can't share the costs if you don't have, you know, someone yeah. to, to support you in. So that's really cool that you yeah. guys sort of identified that as an option from the get-go. Yeah. Great. And so where did you end up buying? We bought out in East Auckland, Botany. It was kind of a nice change because we'd only lived out south our whole life. So coming out east, it was like, oh, this is nice and different. 
But yeah, we love the area now. And you're all living in the home together? Yep. So we all live there. We've been there for just over three years now. It's going good. How (laughs) old are both of your brothers as well? Now my oldest brother is 30. Yeah. I think. I think he's 28. Yeah. Yeah. So still all quite young. I mean, the average age is 37 to buy a home now. So you're all sort of, yeah. Oh, that. Yeah, not when you co-own though, you can definitely get in sooner. But yeah. yeah, I think that's a challenge is a lot of people don't necessarily think outside of the box and, and therefore it takes them a lot longer to yeah. get into your position. What were some of the biggest challenges with that home buying process? I would say actually being accepted. Yeah, <laughs> so, for pre-approval and finance? or um, No, nah, the pre-approval and finance side for us went really smoothly. Yeah, It was more getting our offer Uh, for the house approved we had a look at so many different houses and we also got declined or our offer wasn't the highest one so we finding the property was the challenge and kind of the competition and market yeah just the competition and just finding the right house for all three of us yeah because we all had to agree on what we wanted our yeah, home to Yeah, you have to, to have like. shared kind of yeah. expectations. Who was getting what room and <laughs> little things like that. And what do you want in a house as well or even what area are you looking yeah. at? How did you guys kind of navigate that? Because it can be hard with, you know, two people. It can be hard as an individual. There aren't that many people that actually don't buy with someone else. You know, yeah. it's normally at least a partner. But, yeah, with three, there's obviously a, a, a few more expectations or, you know, a few more opinions to manage so how did you guys kind of work through those honestly like me and my brothers are all really chill yeah so we get along really well we kind of all have similar ideas of what we wanted yeah it was just like at least there's there has to be three bedrooms we weren't too fussed on like bathroom situations but I got lucky with the ensuite nice (laughs) I am the girl yeah but it was just we wanted our space to just be enough for us yeah. for a first home. Yeah, and so you were realistic in your yeah, expectations. Like, and like yeah. we could have, honestly, we could have had a much larger loan that we could have got out, but we decided to s- go with less because it was more manageable for us. Yeah, like, and then you can use it as a stepping stone and yeah. kind of move on to that next property sooner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And and now you are looking at that second property, kind of what does that that oh, journey look man. like for you? A lot more challenging, I'll yeah. tell you that. Because I'm looking at it by myself, that means I have to be obviously saving more of a deposit. How am I going to manage the repayments? That's yeah. a big one for me. Because when you're with someone else, you can share those repayments. And not yes. only that, but you can share the cost of living in the home, yep. like your power, your net and everything. Yep. It's a lot more manageable when you're yep. doing it with other people. But going to look at my second home by myself is a completely different experience. Yeah. but yeah. I guess you have a little bit of confidence, though, having gone through the process once with other people. Um, yeah. So now you can kind of use that knowledge and that experience to, to go again. Yeah. And so you're with that sort of journey towards your second home, is it something that's in the very near future or are you sort of saving your deposit still? Where are you at with that? Very beginning stages for me. So I wouldn't say, like, super soon, but... It's more just something I'm working towards, hopefully, like, in a few years' time. We'll see, actually, because anything can happen, especially... Anything can happen. Yeah, especially with what I do for work as well. Like, it 
can be possible within the next year if I let's talk a little bit about that as well so tell us a little (laughs) bit about your career and what you're doing for Workday so what I currently do is I do affiliate marketing online and that's just where I sell products on behalf of a company and I earn commissions by doing so that is actually my full-time job that's what I do that's how I pay all my bills that's how I live go traveling but I also have a clothing rental. Mm-hmm. So that's a very side hustle startup for me at the moment. I'm hoping to make it something more. So affiliate yeah. marketing as well, just going back to that, because a lot of people don't necessarily grasp that concept or may have heard of it. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that looks like for you? It is all commission-based. Mm-hmm. It's really just being able to sell a product and then you earn commissions from it. Yeah. And you sort of do that through your content creation yep. by and large? Yep. Yeah, so using social media, you can also do ads, you can it could also just be word of mouth. Yeah. Those sort of things. So you provide sort of a link potentially and yeah. then the the customer or your follower or whomever accesses that link and the affiliate marketer or the person you're the affiliate marketer, I guess, in that in that case, but the person the supplier that's selling the goods then gives you a payment for sending that traffic to yeah. their product. Yeah, so I'm just like the middleman almost. I'm the distributor. Yeah. And we have our company that we're aligned with and the customer. Awesome. And that's really cool that you've managed to make that full time as well because was that always yeah. the way or? Nah, so when I first started, I was doing. I was in a government role. (laughs) Very different. Yeah, completely different. I was wearing a uniform and everything. Now I just lounge around at home in my (laughs) pyjamas. I was just doing it on the side and it's just something that takes time and consistency. You you have to have dedication to not give up. Yeah. Really. There were so many times where I could have given up and just been like, you know what, this this online thing just isn't for me. I'm just going to stick at my government job. But... I kept pushing through and then it just slowly started, yeah, slowly started building. I was like, hold on a second. I'm not making hundreds now, I'm making thousands. I can actually start living off this. That's how it changed. Awesome. And and what is your primary platform? Like we came across you on Instagram because that's sort of, I think, also my generation. I'm more of an Instagrammer and I dabble on TikTok. But are you sort of in the TikTok space as well? I'm mainly on Instagram, but I'm dabbling in TikTok as well. Yeah. 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 But interesting that I think a lot of people understand maybe that content or that are working in the content space are actually really focused in the TikTok space now. Yeah. But you can obviously build that following and have success on Instagram still. Yeah. Yeah. I started on Instagram. So like, I don't have a massive following or anything, but what I do is like inspiring enough for people to be watching. Yeah, I think that's really, really interesting as well is that it's not always quantity, but it's the quality of those followers Yeah, and whether or not they're actually going to convert. I mean, that's interesting from our platform because we're obviously a big part of what we're doing is trying to educate and and give free information to people. And to do that, we actually have to reach a certain audience. And we're not necessarily as worried about people converting through. We're just trying to reach and give education. But if you are trying to monetize and make money from, you know, your social content, you you do sort of need those people to actually click the links or, you yeah. know, take a certain action. 
followers are great and you can maybe, you know, get sponsorships for things, but that's that's a really interesting thing to to think about. Like obviously having a massive following is amazing yeah. for any business, but quantity and like what you're sharing, it has to be yourself. You have to be real. Authentic. Yeah, yeah. you have to be authentic for people to know like, you know what, this chick like she's real. Yeah. And what she's doing is yeah, it's inspiring. And how did you work out what your authentic online self looked like? This has actually come up as a bit of a theme. We obviously talk about housing too, <laughs> but we do have a lot of content uh, creators uh, that we yeah, work with and and we have spoken about actually that challenge to find what your authentic content is. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of just post what feels good for me. Yeah. I know heaps of people have niches, eh? But sometimes when you have a niche, it's so hard to just stick to that one niche. And, like, you don't get to show all of yourself. Yeah. So it doesn't get to show, like, all sides of you being authentic. But that's just for me personally. Like, I like to share, like, different things. Like I like to cook and I love to travel. And I also like ta talking about money and finance and stuff yeah. like that too. So you kind of go with actually, yeah, take a look into my life. These are all the things that I love, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And that's obviously helped you. Did that help you build your deposit? Or, you know, I know you said you obviously didn't have as yeah. much as your brothers, but was that a big contributor? Or No, it wasn't actually. So I had my deposit before I started affiliate marketing. Cool. So when I, I built my whole house deposit on a nine to five. Nice. It was just from working my whole life. That's yeah. what it was from. And you've just obviously been able to now take that, move into the to the first property, mm -hmm. and now you've got to rebuild the deposit again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a challenge when you try to go again. You spoke a little bit before about the challenges being finding the property, and I know in market. When did you purchase? It was quite recent, wasn't it? No, it was a while ago. Oh, was it? 2020. 2020. So... There was still probably a bit of competition in market there. Now we've sort of seen less listings in market and still a decent amount of competition. So I, I guess that's a, a similar problem really as the competition and, and struggling to find that property. Uh, what about sort of due diligence and doing your research on the properties? Did you find that to be time consuming? And, and what sort of tips do you have first home buyers when going through that? We We looked kind of like in newspapers even, we looked on One Roof. Yeah. And we looked on Trade Me as well. But that was just what we knew at the time. Yeah, um, I think Trade Me is a is a massive platform in terms of all the listings and everything, and you can look on the agent websites and, and things. Did you do like a, a degree of research into, you know, making sure that a property was a good purchase? Level of research did you do? We kind of learnt from my dad. Yeah. So my dad, he, or my parents are homeowners in Takanini. Yeah. And he was the one that encouraged us, like, you should, you guys should look at buying a first home. You guys have money. Yeah. Do it. And so he was kind of the one that guided us when we were and buying. And looked through kind of which properties might be a good investment or. Yeah, like yeah. we had the final decision, but like dad was kind of guiding us like you guys need to make sure you get the builder's report and yeah. do the inspections you know the pee and crack one or whatever <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah he was the one that guided us so we were lucky in that sense where we actually had someone that had knowledge yeah around how to buy a home uh, whereas I know not everyone has that knowledge or yeah. has someone that knows 
Yeah, so, and for some it can be such a long time ago as well that they can't necessarily remember exactly yeah. what the steps were maybe that they needed to undertake. Yeah. So with this uh, next journey, like obviously you're sharing the expenses in your, in your current home and you're looking at moving into that next property. Mm-hmm. Are you looking at keeping the, the first property that you purchased with your brothers as part of that or what are you thinking? Well, that's up to my brothers really. Yeah. <laughs> so... It's all kind of just a waiting game in terms of like what they would also like to do because I'm not going to put them in a position where they're going to have to leave or like yeah. or sell and then they're going to struggle. Our main thing with all three of us is everyone has to make sure they're all good. Yeah. Do you have an expectation on what the strategy might be, like whether or not you are all going to sell the property at some time or whether you're going to keep it for a period of time? Or have you not really ironed that out yet? We're all going to keep the property for now, but we haven't talked about selling yet. So selling isn't really something we're keen on doing. If it comes to it, though, I know that we will all sell. We get back our deposits each and then we split the rest. Yeah. That's that's how we're doing it. Yeah, so you separate the deposits from what you're repaying. So you take your deposits out first and then anything that you've repaid, you split. Yeah, and then the rest is split. And how do you sort of split that? Is that sort of... It's even. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. evenly split. Yeah, so like 33.333. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. And what about the living costs in the, in the home as well? Because you have sort of your fixed fees, which might be, you know, rates, maintenance, mm-hmm. insurance, those fees that come with owning a property. Yeah. And then you also have your variable costs, which is your power, your net... Uh, even your food, potentially, if you guys share that. How do you guys manage those costs? Yeah, we split everything evenly. Yeah. So all of our communal bills are like your power, your water. We all eat the same food yeah. as well, which is really good. I'm the food, I'm the designated food shopper. <laughs> but even for food, I just go food shopping for the whole week. Yeah. And I, I already have our like dinners set of what we're eating. Like, so a lot of pre-planning goes in place. They probably love that too, though. Yeah. If they're like, yeah. oh. They're we're just gonna... like, yeah, we'll just give you the bill. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. So. But yeah, we just split everything. It's yeah. just three ways. It just makes it easy. Nice. And you guys didn't think about getting a legal agreement or anything to support you with it? You can get a property sharing agreement, which sort of provides... I guess, protection around, yes, we agreed that around the decisions that you've made. So we agreed we're going to take the deposits out first and then we're going to share everything else. So this is how we're going to, you know, unwind the purchase in the future. So there are agreements that kind of set set those sort of decisions in stone so that if any change of circumstances happen, you know exactly what your expectations were. I remember us talking about what we were going to do if we were to sell because there's heaps of different ways to sell the house say like what happens with money yeah you can be like first right to purchase goes back to one of your brothers for example if you want to sell your share or you can say no we all agree to sell the house or actually you know we can't sell the house for a period of time or yeah yeah, there's a lot of different decisions that you can make to protect sort of your relationship nah yeah I I just know that we we're just going to do the deposit and then split the rest. Yeah, and you had sort of, at least it sounds like you had a lot of those discussions and decisions up front. Yeah. And you obviously have like high trust with your, 
with your family, but that is something that we do offer with Slice now, so we've tried to make that a lot easier. Ah, nice. For those that don't necessarily know what decisions need to be made mm-hmm. and also just where there can be, you know, a change of circumstances down the line. For example, if someone gets a partner, they then have a claim over the property. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, so there's <laughs> things like that that, yeah, I mean, maybe you should take a look at online. <laughs> but there's things like that that kind of can come into play down the line. But for now, it sounds like you guys are still in, in alignment. Mm-hmm. I think the challenge is where people haven't had the discussions as well and haven't kind of found shared agreement before purchasing and then they purchase and then they find out they weren't on the same page or something like that. Yeah. And that can be really damaging to to your relationship. But I've seen that happen actually. Have you? Yeah. Who did you see that you don't have to name names, but what was the situation that you Oh I don't know if I should say, but it was just family members gone wrong. Gone wrong. (laughs) Purchasing property gone <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, so I mean that's the challenge and that's where these these kind of agreements and arrangements come in really handy. We do them all for fixed fees, but it's with the, with aim to prevent sort of that, that challenge. Wrong. Yeah, the yeah. family property purchase gone, gone wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I purchased my first time actually leveraging from my mum and we went through sort of the decision analysis and everything like that. Nice. Yeah, it's a great opportunity to purchase with family, but there obviously is risk involved. Yeah, I think think co-ownership for a home is like the best way to get into property. That's just my personal opinion. I share that opinion. Ah, very (laughs) good. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I mean, Slice, a big part of what we do is co-ownership, but we really support with every type of home buyer particularly focused on those that are going the first time and making that process easy with our home buyer software yeah but a lot of kind of the protection and the products that we provide are around co-ownership because it does help you get in sooner yeah like if you hadn't bought with your brothers when do you think you might have been able to purchase probably like now now another three years yeah three years later it just makes sense if you have someone that you trust and you're keen to buy a home with it just makes sense because it's a lot easier to manage yeah the costs and everything I know so many people that are really struggling now that they've bought a home and with every obviously just life everything is just going up actually hard for them to manage their mortgage now so it's got into a point where like they're looking at just selling the home or something like that yeah you've identified a really great point there which is we we sort of spoke with our investors actually about you know whether or not we should be encouraging co-ownership where you do have potentially high mortgage rates and potentially property prices fluctuating but ultimately if you can hold your property over Mm. that period of fluctuation and if you can manage the you know increased interest rates then you're fine. And with co-ownership, you're more able to, as you said, because yeah. you're sharing the cost. Yeah. So when interest rates go up, yeah, it pings, but it only pings you by 33.333% of the, <laughs> of the mortgage repayments as yeah. opposed to 100% of those repayments. So it's a lot more manageable when you actually do do it together. Yeah. And as you said, maybe you could purchase now and that would be three years later. Yeah. So it also helps you get in sooner, which is a, a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And not everyone's, you know, killing it with affiliate marketing, so it could take them even longer <laughs> than three years. Exactly. No. <laughs> what advice really... would you give to your younger self? I don't know. Just don't don't hold yourself back from opportunities. I guess like we come across so many 
different opportunities. For me, it was the online space. But we hold back just because out of the fear of something. Yeah, whether that's Yeah, just judgment from other people. Like, I don't know, maybe even you starting this podcast, it, you could have been potentially scared of like judgment from others. Oh, or I think it's the content space. I admire people, like I was yeah. saying to you before we started the episode today. I admire people that are able to hold the phone in front of their face because it doesn't come naturally to most people. It's yeah. not that it's not as easy as it looks. Yeah. And with the consistency and the amount of content you have to throw out. So for sure, yeah, I mean, that's been a challenge for me to get used to as well. And, and you're right, it's the fear of getting started yeah, um, it is. that can really get in the way. And majority of the time, the reason that we're scared to do something, that opportunity is actually the thing that's going to solve your problems mm. like we're not looking so at you also otherwise. don't focus on your problems so much necessarily focus on the opportunities and they'll start to solve those problems exactly that's what they're there for yeah I mean if you put that barrier in front of yourselves you're not going to take the actions that you need to to actually take that opportunity yeah much like co-ownership if you went oh I can't afford property you know it's not going to be available to us instead your dad said hey what if you guys could do this? And you stuck your hand up and said, yeah, I want to be a part of this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> like you could have said, oh, I'm too young, or that's probably why Dad didn't suggest it to me first. Yeah, I think he just didn't know that I'd be that keen. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. and it, prepared. Yeah, <laughs> which is great, though, that you were, and I think we, you know, that's what we need to encourage our audience to do is actually stick your hand up and go, how much can I get? Tell me. Yeah. <laughs> I was in an Uber coming back from a comedy night last night, and – talking to him and I was with my friend in the car and he was saying oh I've got about this much sort of for a deposit and I think he said 50k and I was like yep you could do that there's five percent deposits that you could get a property for with that that's yeah. that is possible and he was like what and I was like yep that's possible and then he's like how much would my weekly repayments cost for a six hundred and fifty thousand dollar house because I've seen one out in uh, I think it was like Henderson area yeah uh, so I was checking out on our own website on the calculator at slicedabuy.com and I was like yep that's going to cost you around about 700 um, as an estimate per estimate per week and he was paying five hundred dollars in rent per week anyway so I was like can you top that up by two hundred dollars and own the house that's the question you know but he had no idea and he's like what is this website like what is it that you do I did not think this, that this was possible yeah. and that's the barrier the first major barrier that Kiwis need to get get past is actually no 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 I can't afford it because I do eat avocado on toast so you know a lot of I think this is this might be sad to say actually but a lot of people aren't willing to make some sacrifices for them to purchase their first home even though they say they want one yeah. That's what I find. Like like you're saying, like you'd rather eat your avo on toast instead of having some good old wheat bits yeah, for but, a little bit. But you know what? With co-ownership, you can do both. Oh, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> you can still have your avo on toast because you're not having to take on the full responsibility. But, I mean, there's different opportunities there and we work with a variety of schemes. Like we were working with Kanga Order, still do, but they've got one of their schemes on hold took a few people through and got them like $200,000 extra towards their houses. Oh, nice. Yeah, NZ Housing Foundation, You Own, ERA. There's a bunch of different schemes that we can support with. And it's, yes, it is. When, once you start making the purchase, then you have to get comfortable with making sacrifices, potentially also yeah. sacrificing on the dream home that you thought you were going to buy and being more realistic about what you can afford on that first one. But I think, yeah, there's, there's two kind of key points there. And the first is, 
don't say you can't do it before you've even looked into it and then yeah. get realistic with your expectations and start making some compromises so that you can do it. Yeah. And even if it's not an immediate thing and you can't do it today, if you sort of start on that journey and start, start understanding yeah. what the finances need to look like. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, then you're, then you're closer. Like now all of a sudden you're like, cool, ready to go again, saving my deposit yeah. with so much you know, confidence and pep in your step <laughs> because you've done it before. But the first time people just go, if there's this big narrative that no one can afford houses, so I'm just not going to try. Yeah, mm. I've seen that a lot. Mm. Sad, but hopefully education and hearing about, you know, inspiring stories like yours, purchasing with, with your brothers at 24, hopefully that encourages others to explore those options and opportunities, as you said, that are actually there and waiting to solve your problems. Yeah, I think, yeah, I really think finances is a big one. Like, the understanding of just living within your means. Yeah. It's massive. And, and then when your income increases, not necessarily increasing. Because your, your income is bigger. Yeah. yeah, it's just like you live within your means, you're actually able to save so much that you can put towards a house deposit. That's literally how me and my brothers created our house deposit was through living within our means like our whole life. And actively working, actively saving. Yeah, we always worked at like a very young age and that was just because we didn't get any money. Yeah, you needed <laughs> So it. we needed, we wanted money and we wanted to buy things but we couldn't unless we had a job. What was your first job? Oh, my first job was a gymnastics coach at Bruce Pullman Park in Takanini. That's such a cool job though. Yeah, so I used to do gymnastics growing up and then I was 14. Wow, And yeah. I went into the gym and I asked one of my old coaches if I could coach. And then she gave me the opportunity to coach and I was getting paid for it. Amazing. Yeah. And doing something that you loved anyway. Yeah, and it, I loved it. It was fun. It was my first job and I had a blast. Yeah, I think if you can identify the things that you love and that you're good at and then create those opportunities, yeah, that, that's a massive part of it. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, we've got one last question for you, which is... If your <laughs> co-owned first home had a doorbell on it and that doorbell played a theme song, what theme song would it play? Oh, my gosh. Only because I've just come back from Japan. <laughs> It'd probably be that donkey song that from the shop. Don it's like, da, da, da. Donkey. <laughs> Anyone that's been to Japan will know what it we'll is. Know it. Yeah. We'll have to like add it, tack it into the end of the episode or something. Yeah. Only, yeah, my brother dun, came dun, back dun, with like donkey. a. Donkey. Yeah. My brother came back with like a little thing. So it plays the theme song, but I can't think of anything else. You can just hang it on your door so that people can listen to it on their way in. Yeah. Get a bit annoying after a while though. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today. It's been lovely. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for joining our community. Buying property isn't easy, but listening in will get you one step closer on your journey. Please leave an Apple or Spotify review and provide feedback so we can improve your experience. Join our Facebook group, A Safe Space to Learn Together, or follow us on Instagram at Slice to Buy. If you have any questions or topics you would like us to touch on, you can email us at hello at slicetobuy.com. A quick reminder, Slice the Podcast does not provide personalised investment advice. We are not acting as financial advisors or taking into account your circumstances. 
To get personalised advice, join us at slicetobuy.com and engage with our partners who can act as your financial advisor or lawyer and support you with your specific needs.